Well, let's get an update on what's happening in Ukraine. I We don't do it regularly, but I do like to check in and make sure that that story doesn't drop out of our consciousness and our awareness. It's, um, it's a big deal, and uh, we're going to keep an eye on it regularly and, and get the latest developments. And this week, as I've been watching the headlines, it seems to be more action in around Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. We've talked a lot about Bakhmut. Uh, there's been a lot of fighting in that area, but this week there's been at least a few instances uh, of attacks by Russian missiles in the Ukrainian capital. I, obviously, there was attacks there at the beginning of the conflict, but I, I don't think there's been as many recently. Maybe we just haven't heard of them. Let's find out what's going on. We're going to chat with Yars Balin, who is the administrative coordinator of the Peter and Doris Cool Ukrainian Canadian Studies Center at the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies, University of Alberta. Uh, Yars, thanks for joining us again. Always appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Um, just bring us up to speed in terms of what's been going on in the capital, in Kiev. Um, I, I know at the beginning there was a lot of uh, a lot of activity, a lot of action there, but it seemed to me that we hadn't heard much from there until quite recently. Well, the, there was a lull yeah. in the attacks on Kiev from the by rocket attacks or whatever for about a month or so. Uh, but several weeks ago, uh, it resumed the, these attacks, and they, they've sort of increased in intensity and in frequency. Uh, probably uh, because the Russians want to signal that they can still reach out and across the country and and hit the hit the capital uh, to try to rattle people, uh, possibly to try to get Ukrainians to uh, use up their ammunition to shoot these 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 things down because the Ukrainians have gotten very good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the damage now is caused by uh, parts of the rockets and uh, uh, stuff that they fired drones or whatever falling in into buildings and to people or whatever so um, they haven't been very effective uh, and they've been using them up at a, at a pretty good rate and it's it's an interesting question to know how long they'll be able to keep this up because nobody is sure how much i mean how many how many of these rockets and things they have no, and you make a really good point because Kiev reported that on Sunday night there was a, a, a barrage of missiles that headed towards that city, and uh, 37 of 40 of them were shot down, as well as 20, yeah. 29 of 35. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a really good job in terms of their air defense. Like you say, it's mostly the, the shrapnel and the pieces that are getting through, but the missiles themselves are basically been taken out of commission. That's, and that's something different than it was the case, you know, six months ago. Even the hypersonic uh, ones, the missiles that they've been firing, that are supposedly impossible to shoot down, uh, the Patriot missile seems to be capable of taking them down. So um, they're burning up a lot of uh, a lot of these this weaponry. Uh, how much they have in reserve is, a, is an open question. Some of it may be just to distract, try to distract Ukraine, which is of course still preparing for its counteroffensive. Yeah. Uh, some of which is already underway, according to uh, many experts, that they're these shaping operations or Ukrainians are doing things that are, it's not this full-blown offensive that people are somehow expecting and may not be the case. Uh, but, th- you know, things are moving already, but this could be a way of the Russians trying to keep Ukraine's, Ukrainians distracted by uh, attacking the capital. Uh, what is life like in Kiev? Do you know? Have you had a chance to speak with people there? Because, like you say, there was a lull. I'm sure they've been on edge for uh, going on a year and a half now. But what uh, what's life like right now? And then when these attacks start up again, the way they have? Well, it's an, it's an interesting question. Interesting, you should ask me that because I do talk to people in Kiev. I spoke to somebody this week, uh, and uh, that I've known and who served actually in the military in 2014, uh, 2015. And um, he was saying, you know, how strange it is because they, people have gotten used to it. 
Hmm. And so he says, you know, it's, he says, first of all, he says, the war seems it's a long ways away. Bakhmut is a long way away. Sure, yeah. Kharkiv or whatever. And, you know, in Kiev, the citizens are living their lives. It's, it's almost as a point of pride or, uh, you know, to make a point that they're not going to be, uh, you know, not going to have the, the Russians spoil their lives for them. No, it's so interesting you say that, Yars, because I've seen some footage from Ukraine, and it, it would almost look like there wasn't a war going on. You're right. People going about their business, it, you know, it, yeah. it really does look that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. He says, it, he says it's an unusual uh, sensation because he says the restaurants are full, the cafes. He says he gets together with his veterans buddies and they talk and, and he says, you know, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, but that's the nature of modern warfare, too, is is uh, what's playing, in, playing into that perception. But, uh, no, the uh, people are getting on with their lives. They're refusing to kowtow. The Russians thought that they could by launching these attacks, that so they could break the will of the Ukrainian people. Mm-hmm. And that simply hasn't happened. If, if anything, it's just uh, stiffened their resolve. Where do we go from here? Uh, like, we, we know there was intense fighting around Bakhmut. We're seeing some of these flurries around Kiev. Um, we're heading into the summer months now when things typically pick up. What, what's the expectation about where we're headed from here? Well, we've already seen some unusual things happening. I mean, uh, there have been Ukrainian drone attacks on on Moscow, uh, and uh, much to the Russian surprise. Uh, and again, not that they've been uh, effective or anything like that, but just the fact that they're capable of reaching that far uh, has to be unnerving for the Russians. Ukrainians also have longer-range rockets now, uh, and are hitting targets on the Sea of Azov and could, and into Crimea that w- weren't accessible to them before. Uh, so those attacks are taking place, uh, again, in anticipation of uh, uh, an offensive. Uh, and um, uh, there are signs that the uh, military is getting ready to move, you know, either in Bakhmut area. Or, it's, hard to, it's hard to know. I mean, they don't want us to know. The military doesn't want us to know what they're planning. So there are these feints and there are probes testing out where the where the Russians might be weak. Uh, and it's kind of psychological warfare is being waged at the same time, both by the Ukrainians and the Russians. So um, I think that there's obviously going to be some kind of escalation. I My own feeling is, is that, that there's a good chance that Ukrainians will do some kind of surprise, uh, some kind of unusual uh, attack that they'll pull, pull off. It may not be on a big scale, or but mm-hmm. some target that they'll hit. That will sort of make everybody pay attention again, because they want to make sure that the world remains focused on yeah. what's happening in Ukraine. Absolutely. I think that's so important. I mean, it was all we talked about for months. And then, like everything, uh, slowly it starts to get replaced by other stories. So, uh, Yars, that's why we reach out to you regularly to keep it uh, on the minds of Albertans and at least keep us up to speed on what's happening. And uh, you do a great job. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time.